This is football. Stop saying the NFL is weird. Um, I got a lot in the monologue here because it's not going to be a coherent monologue, and that's by design. Because the only thing you can take from Sunday, October 29th is the NFL is weird, and I refuse to say it. I saw all these clips. There was a line from my buddy, my around-the-horn compatriot, Bill Barnwell, a couple of years ago that has lived rent-free in my head ever since. It was a season just like this, because every season is just like this, where teams are incomplete, units fall off for weeks at a time, and Barnwell said every single season feels weird in the moment. And I pushed back immediately in my head, and I said, no, 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 what about this? And then you think about it, and you go, no, what? Truly, every single season. I saw Mitch Schwartz, our buddy, on Twitter, play for the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl. And his reaction to them losing to the Broncos was, yeah, we already have, we always have one of these games. Always. And you think about it, and the answer is, yeah, they kind of do. They lost the damn Colts last year. They're on their way to getting Jeff Tadder today. Um, now, there's additional problems with this particular loss. They had not lost to the Broncos since 2015. Um, they had not lost a road game to a divisional team. This is in the Mahomes era. They lost a hell of a lot of games in the Brody Croyle era, the Tyler Thigpen era. But they had never lost a game to a team at least two games under 500 in the Mahomes era, 25-0 and 0 before this. But they've had stinkers before. And the media's bias is towards coherence, and so we'll always give teams the benefit of the doubt. But normally, those teams should. Are you concerned, you the listener, are you concerned about this stat via my buddy Brandon Kiley? That here are the number of, of games where the Chiefs have scored 23 or fewer points in the Mahomes era. Okay, 2018-0, obviously. 2019-3, 2023, 2021, they had seven. 2022, they had three. 2023, that's this year, they've had five out of eight games. Two ways to look at that. Are you concerned about the Chiefs' offense? Because I go back to this. If you are concerned about the Chiefs' offense, it's a pretty good thing to be concerned by. Their defense has grown by leaps and bounds. And they shouldn't have lost to the Broncos. But if that, and I got a listener question basically saying, do the Chiefs take mushrooms before the game? By the way, Mahomes had the flu. He was added to the injury report morning of. But, you know, the listener question of mushrooms, some of these games this year, that seems like the likeliest explanation. For some of these teams that come out just totally flat, or worse, worse than flat, just confused, going backwards. Um, that's what this was today. But I don't want to be reductive here, but these sort of games happen. What am I supposed to take from the fact that the 49ers have lost every game since they beat the Dallas Cowboys, and that the Cowboys are 2-0 and beating two decent teams? Decent, being the operative word. But... I think we're in for the type of season we always get, which is disjointed, which is the narratives get broken week over week. I think Chris Long a couple weeks ago said something that I think is probably important to note, which is that the team that we feel is at the top of the mountain has been humbled almost every single week. Almost every single week. In fact, I won't say almost. Yes, every single week. Every time we say a team is the best team, whether that's me personally or just the media, we crown somebody, they get humbled including the Dolphins, who lost by a lot of points to the Buffalo Bills. And so it's just going to be 
the year it's always going to be. So what I'm doing here right now is going through what mattered and didn't matter from Sunday. Because I think we're, we can look at a couple of these results and chalk it up. Listen, if you want college, great. I saw a stat the other day that there have been, I think, 85 games that the top 15 have played in which they've been 10-point or more favorites. They are 83-2 and two in those games, the top 15 teams in the country. If that's what you're after, go ahead. But this is the NFL, and there's a little more parity than that. So I'm going to go through what we're what we're looking at and what matters and what doesn't matter. Now, we'll start with the Kirk Cousins injury, which is going to affect more than you probably think. I don't think, despite my best efforts, even though it makes the most sense and made the most sense a month ago, the Kirk Cousins was going to be traded. I don't think that was going to happen. They could have just asked for the comp pick if he left in free agency, which, by the way, uh, I mean, that's a little bit in doubt now, depending on where he signs as a free agent. If he signs as a free agent, it impacts his future uh, with the Vikings, just generally, just the thought process of what could happen there. Um, and it affects, and this is important, the seventh seed in the NFC. So who is Kirk Cousins? All right, so I once saw a study that said average TV viewer, if you don't find anything to watch within less than five minutes, maybe it's four minutes, I think, you just watch something you've already seen. It's comfort food. Seinfeld, for me, The Office, for a lot of my friends. My wife has this thing called, she calls it Friends of the Movie, because you just sit there and you watch 90 minutes of Friends. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Um, but that's Kirk Cousins. You can do a lot better, but you can do a hell of a lot worse. Um, you're not going to get, like, the best, the best thing you want on TV is a movie you've never seen that's going to just change your whole perspective. The kind of movies, all of a sudden for a week you got a new personality because you saw Babylon. You'll be Brad Pitt from the first hour of that movie. You don't want to be in the second hour. Spoiler alert. But like that's that's the thing that you're looking for. But those don't grow on trees. So you end up watching watching the Seinfeld where Kramer's out in the beach golfing. And you that's just fine. And that, that's Kirk Cousins. And right now, with first of all, Kirk Cousins playing some of the best football of his career. But second of all, have you looked at the NFC playoff standings? Because what, what the Vikings were doing was giving, them a, giving that conference a credible seventh seed. But now it's just going to be absolute carnage unless they get some sort of quarterback play, either from Hall or somebody else trade whomever case Keenum's name was thrown out there. Colt McCoy's name was thrown out there. I think Colt's doing some podcasting. Chase Daniel's also doing a bunch of media. So there's just some podcasters in the mix here. Chase Keenum was the first guest ever on my old show. Slow news day who was in the NFL at the time. Um, but let's go to the NFC standings. So you had the Eagles, Seahawks, Lions, by the way, Seahawks are in first place because the 49ers are not. We're going to get to that in a second. Cowboys, Niners, Falcons, Vikings. So then beyond that, you have the four and four Saints, the three and four Bucks, the three and five Rams, the three and five Commanders, and then you have the two win teams, Packers, Bears. There's going to be an absolute disaster in the seventh seed this year. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna make the playoffs that shouldn't. But that's not really why the Kirk Cousins injury is that important. 
I think the future, if Kirk Cousins has an Achilles injury, which, and let's put aside the fact that Aaron Rodgers is saying he's reinvented medicine and he's going to be ready for the end of the season, that's not going to happen. Um, Kirk Cousins would be a question mark for the beginning of next season, certainly training camp. So does he get big money from anybody? Does he take a short-term prove-it deal somewhere with a coach he likes? Could you credibly say that would be a Shanahan-style system team? Could you credibly say that would be the 49ers if he's looking for less money? I don't know. Every time I see the 49ers come up as a destination, every 49ers beat writer bats it down and says, wow, well, he's got his guy. Well, I let's see. Let's see when he's available. I hate saying let's see. I Let me strike that from the record. What I mean by let's see is uh, I dare Kyle Shanahan not to at least think about it and make a call because I bet he does. If you think Kyle Shanahan is going to see Kirk Cousins available, if he is, on a manageable deal after an Achilles injury and not pick up the phone and make an offer, I think we're talking about different people here because I think he will. Um, I want to talk about a quarterback who didn't get hurt on Sunday and made a huge leap in my eyes, and that was Will Levis. So I'm curious why the Levis, maybe nobody was watching the game, but the Levis hype seemed extremely muted. Was there no, are Kentucky fans not online enough in football to propel sort of a, a online day of celebration that Levis was that good or Titans fans not? Because every time a young quarterback does anything, the instant reaction from every pundit is they got a guy. They got a guy. He's a guy. They got a guy. No question. If you ask, if you say he's not a guy, you're on a, you're, you're put on a watch list because you're, you're, you're a hater. No reaction like that from Levis on Sunday. Are we, are we discounting it because he made Hopkins into a player for the first time all year? Because Hopkins looked really good because he had Will Levis throwing him really nice balls. Um, maybe Titans fans just don't bully pundits enough for this to happen. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm not saying he's a guy. I'm not going to stoop to that. I'm just going to say he's guy adjacent is what I would say. He's guy adjacent. Um, in his first start, he threw three of the 10 longest touchdown passes by air yards this season. 47-yarder to Hopkins, 33 yards to Westbrook Akene, 61 yards to Hopkins. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like that could change everything about this Titans team. Does, did the Titans stop? And like, So the big thing was, okay, well, Washington's going to sell if they lose on Sunday. They actually put up a fight. They didn't win, and that's fine. And and now they can sell off Chase Young or whomever and start building for the future with a new quarterback, new coach, the whole deal that Josh Harris is going to come in. Hopefully a new name that might not take that might take longer than, than nine months. So Tennessee in a division that is – I don't know. Jacksonville's six and two, but I don't think they're elite by any means. The Tennessee Titans are now three and four. And if they have competent quarterback play, why can't they be a seven seed? Why can't I mean, for God's sake, if they were in the NFC, they'd run away with the seven seed. But Jaguars probably gonna win that division. Titans credibly, depending on a couple of different things. I think this Levis thing is again, it's real. There's two, there's so many levels of this where this everything gets so divorced from reality. Like 
Levis is an NFL player who's going to start a bunch of games and win a bunch of games. That's that's what I drew from Sunday. That doesn't mean he's going to be freaking Justin Herbert, but it means he belongs, which is uh, something that any second-round pick would love to be able to say. So I loved it today. Uh, hugely impressed. Titans. Titans got a guy. The Titans got a guy. And no, I'm not going to go that far. Um, all right. All right. This is uh, the 49ers. I'm going to get to this because I can't in good conscience say it doesn't matter. None of it matters. I will say this. So there's a thing called the, I'll call it like the undeniables, right? Ringer used to have a term called the undeniables. So people you just can't, you just can't hate, right? And I think there's probably some version of that in football where there are certain guys where I will just assume things are going to get right. When we say that things are weird in the NFL, what we really mean is that there's a team we thought was going to be dominant or a group of teams and they're struggling somehow and there's no coherent overarching theme of the season. The reason things seemed less weird for so long was because we had the Patriots who married the best quarterback and the best coach with a really good defense and everything made sense for two decades. And they normally made the Super Bowl or made the Final Four and everything seemed normal because they seemed normal. That's just sort of how you mark your life, right? Like there's an old uh, A.J. Liebling line where he said he used to root for Joe Lewis because it made him feel young. Because, you know, if old Joe's in there, that means I can't be I can't be too old. That was the Patriots for a long time. As long as they made sense, you had a feeling on what was going on with the NFL. Now it's, it could be anybody. could be anybody. We used to, like, the, the fact that a team like the Chiefs could – have such a stinker and have that offensive performance five times in eight games, um, that destabilizes people's grasp of, of what the season is. And that's why it gets weird. The 49ers are also that team because they look sloppy. There was a video I came across that I'd seen before because I'd seen the documentary. And it was Belichick talking to Nick Saban. And he was talking about how he gets on a – flight after Patriots lost and all of his assistants are on on uh, their computers and they're looking at all this high tech stuff and he always says guys we lost because we can't tackle and anything you're doing on this laptop is is BS and that I, I believe he says let's not get into space wars or something like that okay but that's let's not go that far but he's generally right is that there's normally one or two reasons that a team loses and has nothing to do with all of the big things you find. Now those things help. Certainly I'm a huge proponent of those things. I've been writing about those things for a decade now, those things you find in a computer, but normally it's, it's either you can't tackle or you can't block or something like that. And by the way, Broncos pass rush was all over Mahomes today. Um, that's, that's part of, that narrative aside from the flu. But I think that Kyle Shanahan is on the cusp of being one of those undeniable guys where I always assume they'll get right. I won't put him on it because I've had, I've seen enough lost seasons from him where they have an injured quarterback and they never quite turn it around. Um, but, and if, if Sam Darnold's in there, we cannot just assume Sam Darnold's going to be a plug and play guy. We've seen that enough with, with other backup quarterbacks in the past that they can do, they can be better, but not great. Uh, be better than they were, excuse me, better than their baseline, but not as good as the starter. Um, but 
I want to get into the, some of the 49ers' struggles. First one is, reason I told the Belichick anecdote, they can't tackle. Shanahan said their tackling was extremely sloppy today. The defense has basically gone away. I got a question asking if Shanahan is a fraudulent head coach. He is not a fraudulent head coach. He makes every quarterback who comes within his grasp better at football. But right now, that includes Brock Purdy. Right now, two-week run, Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow versus the 49ers defense. This is via Lombardi of the Athletic. 66 of 67, 661 yards, 8.6 yards per attempt. I put the baseline, if you look at it, the baseline needed for a quarterback to win a Super Bowl was around 7 yards per attempt. So in that context, think about what the 49ers are allowing right now. Run defense, awful. 27 carries, 134 yards for Cincinnati. Um, EPA per play uh, will be bottom five in the league against the run after being top two, is according to The Athletic, over the past two years before the, before the season. And the Bengals are talking about how they played a complete game. This is how the team is supposed to, supposed to play, all of this stuff. Um, and by the way, Nick Bosa had a really good game. Some of the most pressures he's had in a while. Um, and it didn't matter because they were sloppy on so many different places. Um, but I, this, this 49ers team is simply a work in progress. And that's what, the, again, and, and this, is, this is the whole league right now. This is the whole league. And I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again. That I remember going on a podcast in 2016 or 2017. I ripped somebody's defense. And the GM called me and he just said, Listen, man, post CBA, tons of young players, no training camp. The ebbs and flows of the season are more dramatic than you can possibly get. And so, am I concerned about the 49ers right now? Yeah. But I also think that in the absence of, what are you going to say? I mean, the Eagles are really good, they're really, really good. But they'll have ebbs and flows too. Um, Jalen Hurts looks off. They could have lost a game against the damn Commanders today. The Cowboys got their ass kicked by this team a couple weeks ago. This Niners team. Um, and by the way, we're about to see in Week Nine a lot of where the contenders stand. Because I'm going to read out the schedule right now. It starts with the damn Chiefs and the Dolphins at 9 a.m. in Germany, and then we get Seahawks at Ravens. Cowboys at Eagles, Bills at Bengals. Also get Giants at Raiders. Good answer for that. But we'll, we'll know a little bit more about these teams. But I'm a, I cannot say, as I said, I, I, Shanahan to me is on the cusp of being an undeniable, which means I always assume he will get his team, his team right. Um, and so, uh, again... It's not a thing for me. It's not a thing. Like, Joe Burrow was going to get right against somebody, and it happened to be them. Like, we saw this a couple weeks ago with Lions, where, like, Lamar Jackson was going to get right against somebody. It happened to be the Lions. Lions got their ass kicked. Lions looked awful, but Lamar was due for some sort of breakout day. That's just the competitiveness of the NFL. So, the Bengals get right. Burrow looks back-ish, and the Niners looked flat. Literally happens. Sorry, I don't have a more overarching take for you. Sorry, I don't have some crazy wild take. Literally, that's my take. Colon happens. 
Um, real quick, Jalen Ramsey. So about the Patriots Dolphins game, just very quickly. JC Jackson is terrible. And it's hilarious that he was and I actually thought he was quite good on the Patriots the first time, but I don't know what happened. If he was poorly coached in, in Los Angeles or whatever, it was bad. Um, but then on the other side, Jalen Ramsey, who Jalen Ramsey wasn't supposed to play that much. If you saw his post-game comments, he the game flow kept him in the game. Mac Jones was terrified of throwing towards him. And it, with defensive back play, perception is reality. And unless you're just burnt toast over there, if someone wants to avoid your side of the field, you're as valuable as if you're, you know, uh, I mean, I, this is this is something that I've talked about quite a bit, but like there are cornerbacks who, if you go right at them, might not be as good, right? But for, um, and obviously having Eli Apple on the other side is, is an important part of this equation, but reputation can be a very valuable thing in defensive back play. And the fact that Jalen Ramsey made one play enough in a week where everybody was doubting whether or not he rushed back too early, whether or not, again, he was going to play that many snaps, which even he admitted he thought he was on a snap count more. The fact he was able to make that play will bridge the gap until he is 1,000%, which I don't know if he is yet. But it is so important for him to at least show that you can't test him. You shouldn't test him. Because let's say he's at 85%, 90%. The fact he made that play today, an interception, Mac Jones just threw a bad ball, should not have thrown it. Um, I don't even know, like there was a, I, I forget who the player was, whoever, Adam Archuleta, I think was the, was the color analyst. And he just let out a groan when the, the ball was thrown because Jalen Ramsey just wa- basically walking over to make that interception. If that's happening, then the Dolphins are the one complete team that we're forgetting. And you think about the, the, the two biggest things right now are Jalen Ramsey's back and Matt Milano, who was the Dolphin stopper against the Bills is out for the season. That's the kind of thing that swings a division and swings a playoff game. Okay. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, use the code Omaha Full and then Place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must wager with eligible promo code Bet. Amount of qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Hannah's New Orleans. Maine, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, 
West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-888-426-2537 or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Um, all right, let's get to questions. First, we're going to hear from Brendan, who's got a lot to say about the Giants. He wants to know if it's time to start questioning Brian Dayball and Joe Shane. He says, there were so many things wrong with the Giants' performance this week, DeVito being the backup QB, but the Giants not having any faith in him to pass more than seven passes and locking the offense into run-only plays. Why not sign Matt Barkley? If you have no faith in your third-string QB, then why is he on your roster? As for Dayball, he absolutely blew the decision-making at the end of regulation, electing for a field goal with a kicker who was reportedly hurt and had already missed one earlier this game instead of going for it on fourth and one with your bell cow running back. It's a total it's total malpractice. If you don't convert, then the Jets get the ball at their own 30. If you convert, the game's over. Wow. Um very long email. I actually took some of it out, I believe. Um, 24 punts, 24 first downs combined between these two teams. Nobody should be feeling good coming out of this. I saw the Jets were pretty excited. Um, I mean, I guess you should be excited for for stealing a game like that. Um, getting the snap off. There was some controversy about whether or not they should get the snap. They should have gotten that snap off. Um, as the email said, Dable made some head-scratching decisions. I'd be more mad at Joe Shane than Brian Dable if I'm a Giants fan. And maybe the own, the contract the Daniel Jones contract came from ownership and then by the way, like the it all flows through there. If if Daniel Jones is making a ton of money then the backup uh, and then a the third string, obviously you're hamstrung there. Um, there's just less money to go around even though Tyra Taylor is on the high end of backups, he gets hurt, he goes to the hospital. There's nothing you can do about that. But team planning wise, um, I'd be mad at whoever signed off on the Daniel Jones contract more than Brian Dable. I think actually he's a pretty good coach, pretty good play caller, has resided over one of the biggest leaps in quarterback history and Josh Allen. And we saw it was able to do something with Daniel Jones last year. So I'm not going to fire anybody. And the fact that and I've seen Giants fans say, get rid of them all, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's not anything I'm interested in. Um, I I do think you can just say this is a terrible job by everybody. I go back to what I said at the beginning of the season, which is I had people in the league tell me that the Vikings and the and the Giants were in a similar situation where they kind of struck fool's gold last year. And the Giants said, all right, let's run it back, whereas the Vikings left open the possibility that they could get out of it, um, which I think is probably important. Which, by the way, even if you're a good team, you should leave open the possibility of a pivot. So um, I'm not uh, – I'm 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 not firing anybody, but I'm certainly not uh, hand waving this entire thing away because because Sunday was a disaster. This season has been a disaster. Capitan's log is next. They ask, is there a market for Kyler Murray? So I'm going to turn this around. Yeah, there is a market for Kyler Murray, but I don't think Kyler Murray is going anywhere. The reports have been that they've they've kind of hit it off down there in Arizona, and the team is really bad, and so they might end up with a top two pick, but like. I don't know, man. The college quarterbacks look just okay. And and we went over this a couple of weeks ago where it's like, all right, kind of rather just trade down again, keep Kyler Murray and get the, a tackle and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. or tackle and Brock Bowers if he's healthy. Like, wh- why are we so eager to trade 
Kyler Murray. I think there would be a first of all, I'd if you're going to trade, if you're going to get a top two pick, and you're saying we're going to roll with Caleb Williams or Drake May because we like the contract more, we like the player more, whatever you want to do. Wait until he's healthy and it's a proof of concept. He cannot, so he's not going to start next week. Jonathan Gannon already said it. So if he ends up, if he ends up basically playing, I and mean, he's not going to be able to play before the trade deadline. And so just play him half the season, trade him at the start of the league year. Everything works out better. You get salary cap relief, all that stuff. I think trading him now at the deadline would be incredibly irresponsible and uh, and and not worth it. And also, like, let's just see what he looks like under the new offense, under the new head coach. I'm in. I'm in on the Kyler Murray in Arizona. Jonathan Gannon, a lot of people are saying he's a little better coach than maybe we give him credit for. Plays hard. Every, everybody has a weird game against Arizona. Every single person has a weird game against Arizona. Um, and it's I, maybe San Francisco got a pretty normal one, but generally there's a reason for that. It's because he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. Finally, Daniel wants to know if high-end skill players have ever been more valuable. He says scoring's down overall, but A.J. Brown, Tyreek, and CMC are breaking all-time records. So, yes, and this is the one thing I keep going back to with the MVP discussion, which is that these sort of guys – I mean, A.J. Brown should be an MVP candidate. A.J. Brown has broken the record now for 125-yard games. Not only that, he's like going out and just getting every ball that's thrown to him. Um, his catch rate is unbelievable. And in a year where Jalen Hurts looks off, A.J. Brown is solving that problem by just hauling everything in. So the answer is yes. Um, Allison, that speaks to kind of the level of quarterback play across the league that they, that there's just guys where a skill position guy can prop them up a little bit. So the answer is yes. I'd also say defensive players. One defensive player seems to be enough to get you in the discussion for mediocre to good team. And obviously everything else, once if you have a really good roster, you're even better than that. Um, but yeah, if, if quarterback quarterback is always going to be the most valuable position in sports, but if there's not five guys who are just running away with it, throwing perfect passes every single time, you're going to get what Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. You're going to get these guys who are playing so well that they create elite quarterbacks. And the quarterbacks have to do a job. I'm not discounting any of those guys. I'm just saying that um, we're not seeing Patrick Mahomes 2018 in any franchise right now. And the skill guys are, are really helping out. So I think, I, I think we kind of have to make a – a line of demarcation would be the passing boom, the 2011 passing boom, where basically every quarterback started putting up the most insane numbers you've ever seen. Since then, which would be a couple of years before I started covering the NFL, um, I have not seen a year where there was a ceiling on good quarterbacks like this and a floor on the best, best, best skill guys. So, um, all right. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, we will have a scheduling update. We will have an uh, episode up. Monday evening with Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Um, very excited about that uh, just because of this. We don't want to hold that for Wednesday morning for any reason. We'll just get it out to the people. Clips on Monday coming out as well um, on my Twitter at by Kevin Clark on Instagram. Probably I'll probably uh, revive my long dormant TikTok, not just because of Josh Allen, but for a couple of other reasons, but probably have some Josh Allen clips uh, there. Same ones are on Twitter. You don't need to, go and download all these apps um so i'll see you then thank you to miles and flynn see you tomorrow with buffalo bills quarterback josh allen